Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 21. We're going to be reading verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. The Apostle John is given a vision in which he hears a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Now, God has been uh, saying um, this very thing. He, he has been, um, in, in biblical history, teaching that uh, it is his plan to dwell with men, his people, those that he saves, in various ways. He taught this very thing when he dwelt among the Israelites in the wilderness, when the temple was built. And it's all been a picture of his building up the spiritual house of God in which he will dwell in. Now here we see, um, after the earlier statements in Revelation 21, of the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God, prepared as a bride... Now we read that his tabernacle is with men and he will dwell with them. And this relates to what we read in Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now that's uh, quite a statement God is making, but he's speaking of the body of believers. He is talking about all of his elect that are built upon the Lord Jesus, Jesus is the cornerstone, he's the foundation, and upon Christ, the church, the eternal church, is built, and God calls it a holy temple in the Lord, and that temple was constructed by God, just as we read last time concerning the city uh, in Hebrews 11, whose builder and maker is God. So God speaks of uh, his salvation program as a, as though he were building a city or building a temple, um, as he does here in Ephesians, where he calls it a tabernacle. It's all really the same thing. And he builds up Jerusalem. He builds up the temple for a dwelling place. It is for his habitation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
we we also read of the Lord Jesus Christ being a foundation in verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So, there is gold, silver, precious stone built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ that will continue and abide. The day will declare that is a proper building. And then there's the wood, hay, stubble. And the day of the fire of Judgment Day will burn that up. And that's where we're at right now. But notice the fire is put to the building material because once the building has been completed and construction has been finished, or in other words, once God's salvation program has come to an end, just as with the storm in that parable of the wise man builds his house upon a rock, Christ is the rock, he's the foundation, and and the house built upon a rock is able to withstand or endure to the end the storm. And once the storm has been done with, it's been completed, the house remains. On the other hand, the foolish man builds his house upon the sand, not upon Christ. The same storm, if you read that parable, it's the same language, the same storm assails the house of the foolish as the one that assailed the house of the wise. But the difference is the foolish man's house falls and, and it does not endure. And, and in that parable, God is teaching that he will put all through the fire, all will go through judgment day, saved and unsaved alike, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, And the day of judgment will declare which is which. The one that endures to the end shall be saved. That which fails to endure, well, it was wood, hay, stubble. It burned up, indicating it was never, that those people were never saved. And uh, that's exactly what God has been doing since May 21, 2011. He's been trying his own work, the gold, silver, precious stones, and putting the fire to the rest to burn it up. Well, it says in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 3, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So there God is again um, for a moment, revealing the spiritual language, what temple points to or tabernacle. It, ye are the temple, he says to believers. Ye are the temple. You are the ones that the fire must come to, that the day will declare and reveal what you are concerning 
your salvation or the fact that you're not saved. Now, the tabernacle, as Revelation 21.3 says, that the uh, final completion of God's salvation program, the bride of Christ is the body of believers, and, and she's made herself ready. She, all those saved have become saved. And, uh, and, and then the next thing we read, God is speaking of, uh, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Well, this kind of language that God will dwell with his people, be their God, is derived from the Old Testament. If we go to Exodus 29, it's just one place. You could find it in many places in Exodus 29, beginning in verse 42. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Jehovah where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory, and I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will be their God, and they shall know that I am Jehovah their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am Jehovah their God. And this is language that applies to the period after the deliverance of Egypt, so the wilderness sojourn, and when Israel was wandering in in the desolate wilderness, and and God gave them instructions to build him a tabernacle, and that's where God dwelt symbolically. Of course, God is everywhere, but it signified his presence with his people, Israel. And God speaks of it as though he dwelt there. Now, in um, First Kings, after many hundreds of years later, um, God put it on David's heart to build him a house. But, uh, even though uh, David made much preparation, God would not allow David, a man of war, to build the house. But he did permit his son Solomon, because in his days there was peace, to construct a house of God. And it says in 1 Kings 6, beginning in verse 11, And the word of Jehovah came to Solomon saying, Concerning this house which thou art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes, and execute my judgments, and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David thy father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. So the the house or the temple that Solomon built was similar to the tabernacle uh, in the days of Moses in the wilderness, wherein God 
is said to dwell in that place. And um, when when we read of the finished house, that's exactly what happened. Um, for instance, we read in 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel, and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of Jehovah out of the city of David, which is Zion. Now the ark contained the Ten Commandments, and it was a figure of God's presence. And the the, the ark was a picture of the indwelling presence of God. And so they they complete the house. Solomon's house is completed. And here it says in verse 2 of 1 Kings chapter 8, And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priest took up the ark. And they brought up the ark of Jehovah and the tabernacle of the congregation and the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. Even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubims covered the Ark and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves, that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without. And there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone, which Moses put there at Horeb, when Jehovah made a covenant with the children of Israel, when they came out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass, when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of Jehovah, so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of Jehovah had filled the house of Jehovah. Then spake Solomon, Jehovah said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide for ever. And there we see the very same language it, it's an eternal dwelling place for God. Of course, when we read of that language of the land of Canaan, it's an everlasting habitation. And, and God uses the land of Canaan as a figure of the new heaven and new earth. And it, it's not actually going to continue on forever. It cannot. Likewise, the house that Solomon built, it, it was a physical construction. There, there was no way that house could continue forever. As a matter of fact, that house was destroyed. When the Babylonians entered into Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple. 
And it, it certainly was not an eternal dwelling place that can be proven from the Bible that the actual physical temple was destroyed. And, and yet God speaks here of it being a house for him to dwell in forever. And it was far from ever. It was just a matter of a few hundred years. And that house was destroyed. And since we know that God does not lie, cannot lie, it's impossible for him to lie or be wrong or to make a mistake. He is perfect. He knows all things. Of course he knew that physical house would be destroyed. Yet, he uses this kind of language, just as he did for the land of Canaan, in order to paint a picture. The eternal habitation of God would not take place with the physical temple, but it does take place with the spiritual temple. And we see this, remember, in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 3, Uh, I'll start reading in verse 2. Speaking of the Lord Jesus, who is faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, But he that built all things is God. Remember that statement in Hebrews 11 concerning the city whose builder and maker is God. Well, here in Hebrews 3, 5, And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we. Whose house are we? We, the, the children of God, the ones that God has saved, are the house that Christ built. A house not made of actual stones or wood, but a house made and constructed of the elect people of God. This is why God says in First Peter, Chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, To whom coming, as unto a living stone, there's Christ again, he's that foundation stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, or living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The body of believers. All those that God has saved from Abel to Zacharias. From Abel to the last one that God saved before he shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. And all in between are living stones built up by the Lord Jesus Christ as he constructed the house upon the rock which was himself that would withstand the storm of judgment day and that's the house that that the tabernacle typified that's the house that Solomon's temple typified and that's why God 
can allow a statement that the house was built for an eternal habitation for God to dwell in forever. And that's why when we get to Revelation 21, that's the exact kind of language we find. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God, Emmanuel, God with us. Well, the the Lord Jesus entered into the human race and dwelt among men, but God's plan is to somehow mysteriously, gloriously, wonderfully, beautifully to dwell in that house that is the the body of his elect. And and he will dwell therein forevermore. You know, it's it's significant that Solomon completed the house and then it was dedicated in the feast of the seventh month, Ethanim. Now, what feast occurs in the seventh month? The Feast of Tabernacles. And it so happens that during the Feast of Tabernacles is when the house that had been completed was dedicated and it was on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles that all the Israelites were sent home merry of heart and and they departed. And and so here we have a situation spiritually that that was historically but now since May 21 2011 we have an interesting parallel situation except it's a spiritual situation where God has completed the spiritual house whose house are we all those that he has saved everyone whose name was written in the Lamb's book of life would be the living stones that build up that house that Ephesians 2 said is built for a habitation of God. So the house is complete and then God has a period of trying the the elements, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, as we read in 1 Corinthians 3, the day will declare and reveal the, that which is solid and enduring and that which is not. And that's where we're at. And it so happens that we have a timeline from the Bible that gives us a period of 1600 likely days for the duration of Judgment Day and the conclusion of that period of time after 1600 days or the 40th 40. And, and it's also the 10,000th overall day of judgment since judgment began at the house of God, May 21, 1988. And so it's the day we're looking for as a day of completion. It's a day we're looking for as a day of finality regarding testing since it's the 40th 40. And it's also the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, a time when in the days of Solomon, the dedication of the house was completed and finished. Now everyone goes home. The house of God is built. God has indwelt 
the house, as we read there in 1 Kings 8, the ark was placed into the finished house, and then the feast was completed. And, and so we have that very interesting parallel occurring at this time spiritually. It, uh, it hits on just about every point, uh, even to the point of the language of the, the completion of the house and the smoke filling the house so no man could enter in exactly as we would read in Revelation 15 regarding the day of judgment itself. And now we have the hope and expectation because God has finished his spiritual house, whose house are we, and we know it, don't we? We know it from the Bible. We know God has completed the building of the house of God and we're waiting for the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles to see if this will be it. If this is the end of all things for this world because Revelation 21 um, doesn't say this for no reason. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth are passed away. Here comes the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the completed bride, the tabernacle, the tabernacle for God's dwelling forevermore. You see how that relates. Once the house is complete, once the tabernacle of God's dwelling is finished, then God enters in to dwell in it. And that's exactly what our hope is as we're looking towards this this most interesting final day of 1600 days. And, and could it be, could it be that God will enter into his people and, and dwell with them in eternity future forevermore? Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.